Good evening, C-Note. Good evening, Black Pearl. And how are you doing this evening? Oh, there's so much political calamity going on in the world. I'm doing all right. <laughs> and to still all of still breathing. I hear you, I hear you. To all of our listeners out there, welcome to another wonderful edition of Pearl Notes. I am one half of the host of this wonderful podcast. My MC note, my other and better half is none other than Black Pearl. Hello, hello, everyone. And this week, we're actually going to be changing things up, making things a little different. We are actually going to be having a third host join us. Starting this week, if we can actually get him on there, and I do believe there he is, Mister Ben West. Family, how we be? How you doing? Hello, hello, uh, hello, oh, Black. You know how, how you we doing? Do. What's going on, West? <laughs> I can't call it. Everything is good. I hope everything is good where y'all are at on this fine spring evening. Yes, yes. Oh, it don't feel like spring. It is it's definitely that winter out here. Yeah. <laughs> it's holding on. It is. With, with, with bitter determination, I might add. But Ooh. I digress. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna talk about my woes. We're gonna now actually jump in this wonderful evening for this episode into the woes of this nation. Oh man, woes of row. Oh man. So tonight's topic is the end of Roe and other liberties that Americans have come to take for granted. And so we're going to start off with what everybody's been talking about, that uh, a quote-unquote first draft, rough draft of the from the Supreme Court, from the majority opinion, from Alito... Justice Alito eviscerating Roe, saying it should never have been. It was borderline immoral. Wow. And that has sent off a tirade of uh, accusations from the right saying that what's more important than them overturning Roe is the fact that this leaked in the first place, and then of course on the left, you have everybody hollering, screaming I told you so. So, <laughs> my, so my fellow host, that is the stage that we find ourselves in. Who wants to jump in there and take this bad away? <laughs> I'm, um, I'm going to jump in real fast. I'm going to jump in real fast. Wes, I'm going to give you a chance. So... I just want to say this. I just want to say this. To all the voters in Maine, I hope that you all are happy with your decision to reelect Susan Collins, who came out and publicly said they're not going to overturn it. I trust them. You went right. You went right to the uh, right for the jugular. I see. 
This is also the same woman who came out and publicly said that that previous president learned his lesson <laughs> after his first impeachment. Oh, I'm wow. sorry. I don't know how many times you can be wrong before people just stop listening to you. And if she wants to save face in any way, she will work with the Dems to find a way to get to the 50 plus votes necessary to actually codify something that she herself says that she believes in. They need to find a workaround of this 60 vote threshold that everything now has and figure out how to get it to 50 plus one and call it a day. That's my piece on that one for now. Wes, please tell me what you have. <laughs> oh man, what the hell? It's so much out here. This is, you know, you would, so here's, this is, I just want to start off with I, something inside me just says that it's a little crazy, insane, and otherwise awkward for, oh, a nation that says it's the developed leader of the free world to continue to be debating the issue of uh, reproductive health and women's right in the 21st century. I would have thought we would have gotten to the flying cars by now. And I would have <laughs> thought they swore that we was going to go to Mars by now. I, I'm, I'm trying to go to the Mars colony. Preach, you know, preach, sir. <laughs> Here's my thing, and, and I want to say this because it's very easy to get polarized on this, and what I'm seeing is people are getting to the point where they want to beat the hell out of each other over this debate, and I'm going to tell you that doesn't solve anything either. Believe mm. it or not, That's good. and I don't, I, I don't agree with Alito's moral reasonings on this, but on a strictly legal note, he would be right. And our issue might not so much lie with modern-day politics, it might lie with the framers of the Constitution, because obviously reproductive rights is a bigger issue of body choice. And it's just the fact of the matter. This is very much, it's, it's very much manifest and inclusive of body choice. Because it is much, here's the thing, I don't want, I wouldn't want for anyone to tell a woman what and how to do with their body, just as much as I don't want anyone to tell me to get a vasectomy. Okay. And, yeah, mm. I do want to see babies being born. I would love to see a population boom. But, you know, it's kind of hard to really raise and rear children in a nation where black women are more subject to die on a delivery table than any other developed mm. nation. That's the problem. And we're not doing nothing about that just to amend the issue. We have a shortage of hospital oh. beds. So this means, I mean, you're going to expect midwives to birth every black baby in the U.S.? I don't think... Shout out to the midwives, though, and they're going to be a necessary service. We need their services because obviously, you know, black women going to the hospitals, major hospitals, and we got to advocate for our own health care. We tell people they hurt, but we hurting and stuff. We tell people we hurting and stuff like that, and they look at us like we crazy. So my point is, okay, so let's get back to the, I don't want to drift off too far, but let's get back to what Alito was saying. Alito was saying that in a nutshell, the Constitution doesn't guarantee anybody the right to an abortion. De facto, he would be wrong, but on de jure, strictly on paper, he has a point. The issue lies, might, for me, more so with the First Amendment, which gives us the right to think and say what we want to a more or less unlimited extent. We'll say unlimited, but... A, 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 we can do so more so than some people in other nations do. We can speak our mind, and that is true. However, they did left out, they left out body choice because for them, that wasn't a moral issue of their day. You know, the, uh, the culture and the morality that they dealt with was a little bit different. I mean, these were people who were dealing with the Great Awakening and stoning people at Salem for witchcraft and stuff like that. You feel me? So obviously, <laughs> contraception and birth control wasn't really uh, really high on their radar like that. I don't even know if they had a heightened sense of what birth control... But then birth control is either pulling out or... I don't know. It'd be some type of archaic form of reproductive and sexual health. Yeah. But definitely not... It, it's called pushing point. them down. It, it's called physical violence and pushing them down some steps. Right. You feel me? This is more barbaric shit, and we're going to do that and do it in the name of the Lord, and we'll be okay. But I like to think maybe we progress beyond that. 
So, okay. The First Amendment says, in a nutshell, you know, we get a right to speak our mind and blase, blase. But one thing they left out was actually codifying the right to the right to our body and to make decisions with our body. And believe it or not, Roe versus Wade is a nice stopgap, but it's not permanent. Because the moment that political sentiments change and change with your court justices, that could easily be undone, as we're seeing right now. That's okay. It's being in the risk right now. So for real, for real, if I'm for the Supreme Court, I'm going to argue, you know what? The First Amendment covers the right for me to tell me how what a woman wants to do with her body. For you not to tell me to get a vasectomy, for you not to tell me how to wear my hair, for you not to tell me what type of vaccine and medicines I can and can't put in my body. And also, mm. you know, there, you'd be surprised. Roe versus Wade and body choice, that whole thing, that's very far-reaching, okay? So that's I'm, I'm going to stop right there right now because I, I don't want to steal the whole show, but that, that's where we at right now. Anybody else want to jump in? I just want to make I just want to piggyback a little bit on what you said, because, you know, yes, I agree with you with regards to the First Amendment. However, I think that this the legal argument is more around the 14th Amendment, equal equal protection under the law than it is the First Amendment. And I say that because un, that is that tends to be the amendment that in many regards we have used as a way to get towards equality in any sense within this nation. It was, init- it was originally put forth so that African-Americans, former slaves, could now receive full protection under the law. Correct. We have now also used the 14th Amendment to also give women full rights under the law, even though we still do not actually have um, the Equality Act, which was actually meant specifically for women in saying that we should be looked at, we should be looked as equals as far as our citizenship or, or, or our citizenry and what we do within this nation. There should be equality on that level. Biologically, I am not arguing that men and women are not different. That is just a, a fact. However, if you are going to put limitations on what I can do with my body, don't think that somewhere down the line there will be enough votes because guess what? There are babies being born regularly. Regardless of however you feel about abortion, it is a choice. No one is, I don't think anyone is arguing whether or not this is a good thing or a bad thing. What we are saying as Women in particular, and men who support women in this particular arena, is that we should be allowed that choice. We should be able to speak with our doctors and with our families. And that should be a personal matter, not something that the government, not something that the courts, not something that someone else outside of my immediate circle that has anything to do with this should have a say in. Can I piggyback off that real quick? Because you bring up a good point. So, okay, the states want to set a precedence that, all right, we want to outlaw abortion. Okay, I'm thinking a little bit down the line. What happens if, and we, all, we can see that, we won't say the political party, but some political parties are becoming farther and further unhinged from reality. We see this. We can see this. There's no debating it. You watch January 6th on TV like I did and my mama did. You see this live in a living color. You live in the District of Columbia. You experience, you expose this every single waking day you go into your workforce and your place where you work when you're on the train, you can meet blase blase. If they wanted to make a rule that was saying we want to limit how the, we want to limit how many children that black people can have. You do realize they might have strong leeway and precedence to do so if if we give this to go forward. You know, so this is a piggyback as you were saying. Oh. I mean, it's that this pertains strictly to women, but believe it or not, if, if you think a little far-reaching with this, if you can tell a woman what to do with her body, and we are the same species, we're different on an anatomical level, but 
DNA-wise, we're still human beings, so okay, this means we can also start telling men what to do. We can tell men what to do I'm with their jump. bodies and such. Go ahead. And this is where, I, this is where I'm going to jump in. It doesn't matter about your DNA, homie, because, you know, <laughs> at the end of the day, we, as you said, one species, but that goes to the heart of what is, you know, because Roe doesn't specifically say that abortion is allowed. It's, it's, it's this whole idea that this is an abortion law, it's it's not. It wasn't an abortion. It was right. a, it's uh, the the freedom of a woman to choose what to do with her body. And you're absolutely right. This goes directly into what else can they roll back. First thing that I, anybody can think about them rolling back would be uh, same sex marriage. But they wouldn't just stop there. The GOP is not going to just stop with with that. They're going to go then the next thing. You know what else they could go after? Interracial uh, marriages. Which, what time? Wasn't that a crime in Virginia until only recently? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's Virginia. the point. It can go right back because it's not one of those things that, on the books, this is a law now that we have relied as as a nation on the Supreme Court setting precedent, and we have all treated, regardless of how we may feel about precedence, we've treated it as, sac- as as sacred, as, you know, something beyond reproach. And now... I'm going oh. to... We, we've just overturned it and said, you know what? Mm, precedent doesn't matter because, as you said, Wes, you know, with the change of the courts, with the changing of, uh, of the presidency, we can just overturn everything. <laughs> Roll this right back. Go ahead. Well, you don't... No, yeah. No, I'm just like I want to piggyback a little bit on what both of you are kind of saying here, because just as they can roll back pretty much anything, you know, this this really I believe would just be the start, and I think that everyone is thinking about that long term, like this is just the start. But what I what I also look at is, you know, we are supposed to have separation of church and state. We also, but we currently have a political party that is leaning towards not just extremism, but everything in which they're, well, I don't want to say everything, but a majority of the laws in which truly affect individuals and what they are allowed and not allowed to do is simply based on the Bible. Now, if you are a person who does not ascribe to any religion, are you not, you know, inflicting something upon me that I don't believe in? And is that not a violation of my rights? And I feel like we're going down this rabbit hole because they refuse to untangle the two and look overall at how these laws are truly affecting people. And then also something else that like really I think is glaring and needs to be expressed even more and what you already hit on this is, you know, the state of our current healthcare system when it comes to taking care of these, you know, soon to be mothers and these children. I feel like we have this party who is all about the fetus but does not give a darn about the child or the mother once that child is here. Where all, many of the states that currently have these heartbeat bills, that currently have, um, you know, this in place where as soon as, if this decision goes through as written and this is, and Roe is overturned, you immediately lose access to a medical procedure that there are just some cases which it is necessary. I'm not saying every case, but there are some cases where it's necessary. Mm-hmm. If we get to that point where they say, nope, you no longer have that, you have now taken away an, a, an option for individuals who may be in a predicament where, guess what, they live in a state where employment is low, unemployment is 
extremely high. They live in poverty already, and there are no resources available for them. We have so many disparities already. And in, and in several of the, the states that already have these bills on the books and are simply waiting for the day for this to actually be effective, you are looking at a true crisis in many of those states. Because once again, there, many of them are already at the bottom with regards to health care. What is going to happen to the current population that is already there? What is going to happen to these women who, you know, once again, are stuck in a predicament where they may not be able to have this child. There may be additional complications with this child, but there are no services there to assist them. And I do not think that they are thinking in those terms. It's just a matter of we're going to protect that fetus. Once they get here, that's on you. No, and I don't in. think that that's fair. And I think that that's a societal in. issue. Let me jump in real quick because, ooh, you're hitting a nail on the head with something. And it's crazy because conservatives, they laud the Bible around and all that. And all right, cool. I'm a person that debates. You know, you want to go ahead and justify an argument off of, piece, off of literature or a piece of literature or whatnot, however you feel about it. Cool. Great. Let's go ahead and examine that. Let's cause examine that real quick. Because you got conservatives that say, you know, that, you know, God is against murder and and if we get rid of abortion, God is going to bless our nation. My thing about this, this nation got a whole rack. If we're going to be biblical about it, this nation got a whole rack of sins other than just abortion. If you're going to be biblical about it, because, I mean, we <laughs> certainly let, we certainly let uh, babies and kids, we let adults starve out here for no friggin' reason at all. During this pandemic, we let millions of metric tons of fresh food go to waste because we didn't want to adjust we didn't want the prices fluctuating on the open market right now in atlanta georgia black people are being forced out of where they live the the average house cost of a house in atlanta the city of atlanta is almost half a million dollars what if you're somebody that's a gig worker trying to go to college or something like that or you might not have the means or you're on a fixed income you're not gonna be able to afford your taxes Okay, when you get gentrification coming in, you're going to have stores that cater to a higher income bracket. So that means mm-hmm. fresh foods and things like that that you can just go to, to the Piggly Wiggly or the Save On and get you know get your shopping on and all that. Well, you know that's out of reach now. So we got situations where we're literally exasperating people who are already at risk, but <clears throat> it just seems like conservatives are using this as an aim as an aim for control. I don't really see like a godly motivation behind this. And you know, maybe I might be wrong. I'm never saying I'm I'm, I'm probably wrong as hell, but I mean, sometimes I'd be dead on the money with it. And I just get this feeling like this ain't about you want to be biblical about it. You want a, a measure of control. You want to say ah. you want to maintain power. And really, I ain't here for all that. I would have thought through this pandemic, we would have reformed schools we would have established programs to, uh, to to do home visits. We would have up mental health. There's so many crazy people out here. Men, some people are hanging on by a thread out here. You'd be surprised how many people are fighting not to commit suicide right now. Right now tonight, even even here in, in areas like the District of Columbia, people getting on this train, you don't know what's going through their mind right now. And you're seeing what's happening. People are going shooting up, people going to work in New York. All sorts of crazy people. People are firing at little kids in Atlanta going to school. But you won't put any money toward mental health, the things that people need to live and survive. So to me, it's like it's, it's hypocrisy. And my granddaddy always taught me that God don't like a hypocrite. Hmm. Amen. <laughs> my mama always said, God don't like ugly. God don't like ugly. <laughs> but, but sadly for us and everybody else in this country, that's not a... This, this, God, morality, these are just words and things to chant at election time. They don't mean anything. And and therein lies the problem with the Republican Party, and I would even say some members of the Democratic Party. That's... You know, we, we, we all want to, you know, roast, you know, 
the the Republican Party for their you know extreme ultra conservative nutso job you know uh, agenda, but where are we placing the blame for the Democrats? You know, Mitch McConnell has shown us time and time again that he will go ahead and blow up you know the filibuster to get his way to do what he wants. And yet, time and time again, when it comes to what Democrats, when they're in power and what they focus and fight for, it's never what anything for the minorities. Particularly, I think the Republican Party is all about control. The Republican Party is all about control. The Democratic Party tries to be about compromise. And the two but, don't and, go hand. They cannot work together. But they only compromise at our expense. I looked at how long it took us to get um, an anti-lynching bill. That just happened. Yes. Like, all, this, all this time. All this time. Two months. Three months. Yeah. It just literally just happened. And here's the crazy thing. And I'm not, again, I said this in, in, in other podcasts. Uh, particularly Three Wise Fools. Shout out to the network, Village Family Podcast Network, where you can catch this and all of our shows. But I mentioned there that I have nothing against the Asian American community. I I back them. But how is it that they went through real talk a rough year and a half because of some nutsoes here in this country. They get a bill passed, an anti- Asian hate bill before we get an anti-lynching bill. And we put 400 years into the game. 400 but, years, man. And 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 I'm again, we get passed over. Voting rights. Okay. They have systematically attacked voting rights and are and going with almost surgical precision after the black vote. And Democrats Not just us. Uh, no, but I'm saying but particularly with us, it's almost surgical how they do these maps. Come on now. We've all seen these districts now. Looking like headphones, Donald Duck. They've, they're starting to create words. Let's go, Brandon. <laughs> you know, Let's go, Brandon. How they're, they're gerrymandering these districts. And Where's the, where is my Democratic Party? What are they saying? What are they doing to fight for us? All Man, I get de- is... Your Democratic Party is sending $33 billion over to a country that, God bless them, I would never want my nation to be invaded under any reasons, but, I mean, I didn't vote for the Zelensky. God Real bless him. I, I ain't vote for that man. You feel me? I, I, he's not and under he, this jurisdiction. And, uh, and Ukraine is not a part of NATO. Truly isn't. So, I mean, and his thing like that... <laughs> You invested so much time over there, and you know now them people just had a celebration where they whole country is red. They whole country saluting. They they leader like this man is Stalin re- relived or something like that. Them people already told you we don't mind dying if you die too, but you gonna continue to aggravate the situation over a country that's not an ally and all that. But you gonna take money that we gonna need now. CDC said that they're going to expect 100 million new infections of COVID. We need COVID money. We need a lot of COVID money. People need money, period. We need to actually get that infrastructure bill going because I don't know if you've been on Baltimore Washington Parkway, but it's more potholes and some of them got nicknamed by now. We got things we need to, we got things we need to handle right here, but I mean, geez Louise, you sending your money, you sending all my tax, all our tax dollars all the way over to a place that ain't an ally that we ain't voting them people to protect the personal interest, at least of what it seems like to me. Okay, well, so, quick interjection here. I get what you all are saying. We have so many fronts going on right now, but I think worldwide, this is where America has gotten itself in a pickle. We are supposedly the, 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 the democracy, the shining beacon of democracy for around the world. If we can't support other democracies 
looks bad upon us only because this is what we keep preaching everywhere else. And in this particular instance, too, we are trying to, we have a narrative right now, right? The president has a narrative. We are in an era where we either are going to support democracy or authoritarianism is going to win the day. We, have, we were just on the precipice, and quite frankly, I think most of us on this cast would actually agree that the underlying things that are occurring right now in this nation are continuing to keep us on the, the hot bubble <laughs> with regard <laughs> to it is very possible that this democracy is going to fail. Because there is a certain group, they are going to make it seem like it's democracy, but it truly is not. It is truly authoritarianism. Why? Because you have one party at this point in time that only craves power, pure and simple. And something that I have I've discussed this with C-Note before, the simple fact of this one particular party, and we all know which party it is, they all stress one thing, and what is that? States' rights. I don't give a darn what else that they try to wrap it up in. It's states' rights. It is always whatever laws get passed, it should always come from the state. The problem with that is that we know how these states operate. And we definitely know how the states controlled by them operate in particular. They don't have a problem with creating a law that separates people. They don't have a problem with a law telling you what you can and cannot do with your own body. They don't have a problem telling you that, you know what, that's not really important. This is more important. Boy. What they have a problem with is Big Daddy, the federal government, coming in and telling them what they should and should not be doing. And the problem with that is the fact that, in particular, we know how this country was founded. And the only way that, quite frankly, any minority group, but particularly the African-American community, the only way that we were ever able to get any help was through... Big Daddy. We had to go that route because the states would not just do it on their own. I'm, I'm going to interject right there uh, by saying I, I, I agree with most of that, except for that very end. The, the, the Republicans absolutely love the federal government. You know when they love the federal government? When, they <laughs> when it gives them money? No, when they in control of it. When yeah, they are love. at the helm. Oh boy, have you not? Does Does nobody remember the Trump years or the mm-hmm. Bush years, the, the 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 juniors years? Oh, it was a goddamn free for all. Oh, it was a free for all. A lot of people oh, money was that. going out left and right, boy, handing out money to the rich. Hey, <laughs> you rich? And it, it, Get some more money. It's... Hey. And it's funny that people, you know, they, they see Republicans putting so much emphasis on state rights. What people don't understand is that under both Bush, Daddy Bush, and Trump, the federal government didn't shrink. That sucker ballooned. Ballooned. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Did not, did not each of them, and we can start with Bush, did not each of them create a new government entity under their watch? No, no, no. Homeland Security that. and Space Force. Junior. I'm about to say, Junior created the biggest one in the... Even Hoover is thinking like, damn, I should have thought of that. He created Homeland. Homeland Security. agency to keep everybody in check. Tell me that's not Big Brother. And you know that was inspired by fascism because Hitler was one of the first people to establish uh, um, the course for him. It was the... the uh, I'll probably mispronounce it. Dutchland or Deutschland, but it meant the fatherland. He had a, mm-hmm. a department, the Bureau of the Fatherland for the Nazi uh, Party. So, yeah, of it, course. It's, just interesting. it's just interesting, though, that the Republicans all, all holler about state rights. But weren't they the ones that kind of fought this civil war to protect against the Democrats who were hollering about state rights back during slavery days? Like, 
Republicans used to be about strengthening the federal government. They're the ones we got the 14th Amendment from. It's just mm-hmm. interesting how things have. Mm, 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 mm. I, that's, you're, that's think, you're, you're thinking man. that old party of Lincoln. See, that's your that's your fault. So you think that's that's it, yeah. <laughs> that old party of Lincoln? See, see that. See that's what got you messed up. That them Republicans, Mm-mm. I they they dead and gone because they're not even Democrats now. They just gone. They just I don't know what <laughs> happened to them. Because with the Democrats we have, and see that's why I keep coming back to these these, these weak Democrats nowadays. I'm particularly Mansion mm-hmm. and Cinema holding up the kinks. Right now, we could end the whole this whole discussion about uh, abortion laws, um, predatory college loans, voting uh, rights, voting rights, voting rights, a whole bunch of different things. If we just got rid of one thing, the filibuster, and we all know who's about to get mm, power. I ain't gonna lie. I, I ain't gonna lie. I must say. It depends. It, the filibuster can be useful. It only depends on which power is in. Because if for every reason, if you have, let's say if we had a real progressive Democratic Party, far more progressive than what we have now, because I don't really consider this Democratic Party to be progressive. I consider this to be very, I mean, Biden's a moderate president. So, I mean, your party is only going to be as good as your leader. It is what it is. Let's say you had a real moderate president, I mean, a real progressive president and a real progressive Democratic Party, right? But they only had like a slim, maybe like two people away from a minority, right? From having a majority, right? Versus this Republican Party, the Trump land and MAGA people and QAnon. That filibuster can sometimes be the difference between holding off some pretty, uh, you know, some pretty sour legislation that you don't want to get through. That can be useful at times. That's the if that's the right. Same- that is the same nonsense that Manson and Cinema are saying. However, this is no longer academics. This is now happening. You're watching, you've watched Mitch McConnell at several points get rid of the filibuster to get his way. We watched him build this Supreme Court in less than two years. This is true. Ah, last, this is true. I mean, let's just be real. No president in modern history ever got to a point three Supreme Court justices in one term. One term. Thank you. There are presidents that never saw a Supreme Court nomination pick. Do you see what I'm saying? And this man gets three in one three. term? Mm-hmm. So sure did. Two of which were stolen. <laughs> by Mitch McConnell. So everybody's thinking like, well, you know, it, it, it's there to, to stop people and these things and they'll be sensible. These are the same people that spent the last 60 years stacking the Supreme Court in their favor, stacking the federal courts in their favor. Yes, stacking the courts at all levels in their favor. Oh, taking control of no less than 26 state legislators and more than 30 governorships. Mm -hmm. They have been system. They said, oh, so... You think this was a game? Well, let me show you what how we're going to end this game with a win. We're about Once to really watch right. the Republican Party, which every thanks to the census of 2020 told us there are 70 million fewer Republicans to Democrats in this country. Wow. And that will mean absolutely nothing because the popular vote is not how we elect any president. But you know what, though? I'm I'm not totally against the whole electoral college thing, depending, depending, because, all right, obviously a president like Obama didn't need to use that because Obama is a universally popular president. In fact, I think Obama was so popular... Obama is so special as an individual. I don't even, he could have ran as an independent and he would have still won with the same, probably a bigger landslide because he wouldn't have been in any particular party. But I mean, he's with the right party. He's, he's, he's a progressive liberal at heart. He, he might have a nice guy, a nice presentation, but I mean, he knows what he's there to do. It's one of the reasons I, re, I really advocate in favor of my man Obama. But 
I'm not totally against the electoral college. What I guess that I'm more against is when people abuse the mechanics of government for vanity. And that could be any party that could happen. And that's more so dependent on the people that we allow to get in there. Because, you know, I tell you what, black people always, when we're pissed off about something, we'll get out there and we go vote. But when it comes time to these midterms, the primaries where it matters, we're either not there or we're not putting our the people that we trust in there. And they got to be just black people, too. But I do notice that, you know, hey, when it came down to the Obama administration, the LGBT community got things they wanted from that administration. They got results they wanted. The Hispanic community made headways in getting not everything they wanted, but they got some things that they wanted. Asian community made headways in getting the things and some of the things that they wanted. What I saw was a lot of black people that got happy with the optics of it, happy with the optics, wanting to emulate uh, some aspects of Brother Obama. But when it came time to doing the things that Mr. That President Obama asked you to do, get out here, organize, knock on them doors, put a candidate out. Hey, young people, you feel this way about something? Organize your young people and let's go ahead and run for office and stuff like that. We, we really fell flat on that. And we want to get mad. We want to get mad I'm, as hell. Go ahead. Jump in. Oh, I'm going to jump in. Uh-uh. I agree with you just a little bit. However, however, it's Obama, first off, didn't run as the black president. He ran <laughs> as a president who just happened to be black. True. You still black though. No, 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 no. There's a difference. No, 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 no. There's a bit. No, see, see, and that's what that's what obsessed me about a lot of people that say, "Oh, well, Obama didn't do enough for black people." Hold on, now. Did your taxes not get a little bit better? Did your pockets get a little bit uh, better off when he came in? Because last time I checked, when he took office, it was a major recession going on. Oh, fam, let me tell you, man, I have health care, like. <laughs> I, I use that today. Care. I use that today. I have no complaints about that, brother. Like our healthcare system is actually much better off because of him but, but, taking some initiative but when with it that. Came, but when it came time to do some of the big initiatives, the things that did matter, it wasn't just it, it, it wasn't just us as black people coming out because mind you, I totally agree that we as African Americans need to do more outside of presidential elections. Right. But that has nothing to do with his own, his members of his party, his Congress, not supporting his initiatives. He's That's the what, You got to blame Joe Biden on that one. Brother Biden, where oh, you at, Biden? I blame Biden. <laughs> I blame the... Ha- you, you, you see what I'm saying? It, it's yeah. this... We can't just blame the figurehead. And we certainly, at this point, at the bottom level, as the grassroots, we can't blame ourselves anymore. Because if we are saying that we had the votes, but now, like, the, the idea, is, the part that I definitely disagree with the Electoral College that you mentioned, that was a system designed to keep our vote down in the first place. And now it's being used, again, sometimes with surgical, surgical precision to go after anybody that the Republicans don't like. And that is going to... We're about to see a whole new tide with this election. Everybody swears up and down that, oh, this is going to be a fair and free election. This will be... Last election was the last free and fair election that we will have in this country. Going forward, I would be very I'll go go further than that. Honestly, I I think it's the, uh, the 2012 election might have been the last actual regular quote-unquote regular election all these erections all these i hope i didn't say erections all these these elections have been irregular since 2016 because honestly you know what i don't even know if if a real thrill of trump was a legitimate president and you they wanted to complain about joe biden not being legitimate i mean shoot last i checked them russians pretty good at hacking stuff what if they hacked them uh the vote machines and we didn't know it and all this time we not only got an illegitimate president, but potentially three illegitimate Supreme Court picks, and they won't tell us because that would how would that that would that would turn the country over. We wouldn't be able to function anymore. 
And so that the, the lie continues. And and to my to all that point, you know, it's it's we need to get rid of some of these archaic rules. It needs to be the popular vote. We need to let just the people speak. But because right now, I would be very surprised if in the future Democrats ever hold all three branches, sorry, all three, uh, the, the House, the Senate, and the White House. I'd be very surprised. I don't if, think in so. The next you, 10 years. You want, you want to know why I don't think so? Because Generation Z, I don't know too many people in Generation Z. This is about, I observe Generation Z. I don't see Generation Z leaning toward conservatism. And I, I really see them being, especially the fact that they've grown up in a rather progressive era. Yeah, I, I I don't know. What I do probably see happening is that there's going to be changes in both parties. I mean, I think, you know what? The Republicans were on the hot seat during Trump, and they're seeing it now. Because, I mean, even as it stands right now, their party's fragmented. You can see that with the, uh, the Pennsylvania primary. Trump putting his support behind Oz, yet most of them people in Pennsylvania don't want shit to do with Oz. But I think also he's not know. from Pennsylvania. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm. I love. You know what? Thank you, gentlemen, so very much. Thank you because you know what? You are making my case once again on something. See, you no, know, you know, I have said several times before on this podcast. This is why we need to revisit civics being taught from elementary school all the way through high school because it is about time for our kids to understand truly what it means to be a productive citizen. It is one of the reasons why I have as much respect for President Obama as I do and still do to this day because that man is a walking lecturer on what it means to be a citizen of this country. That is what he preaches in so many ways. That is what he teaches and constantly talks about. Because we can't just sit here and complain if we're not doing anything. Are you going out there voting? Are you out there actually campaigning? Are you helping a campaign? Are you donating money? What is it that we are doing as citizens. Do you even understand who your elected officials are? Do you understand who you need to go to for this, that, and the other? Do you know how government actually works? Well, it's Because guess just... what? I'll go ahead. Finish out. We literally have a party that has systematically set themselves up. And this is another reason why the Electoral College needs to be revisited. They have set themselves up to be in minority rule at all times. They are a minority of the population of this country, yet they hold more states than the majority. Now, I was I want to say something about the Electoral College, and only just on the issue because, all right, it's common for people to think that we are strictly a pure democracy, and that actually, as I understand it, it would be incorrect. We are yeah. <laughs> that too, possibly that too, but more so, at least on, on paper, we are a democratically elected uh, republic. We're a democratic yeah. republic. We're representative government. So I, I get that because if you have majority rule, but you have a situation where a state that has a small population, it, I, I see the mechanics of how that can work out. And two, I'm also not a proponent of mob rule. You get demo- a pure democracy, boy. If social situations change just enough, it is very, very easy to wind up with mob rule, and then you have people. Well, shit. You have people. Um, pardon my language. You have people storming the Bastille, like in uh the French Revolution, or like in January sixth. And God forbid. Now. Go ahead. But wasn't it wasn't it Thomas Jefferson that said that the Tree of Liberty? Needed to be refreshed by the blood of patriots from time to time. He's a slave owner too. <laughs> I'm just, these, but these are their heroes. Do you not understand? 
whatever. But you know, and there's a lot to be said about that because everybody was wondering, well, where did them people of January 6th get the idea to do that from? I mean, you don't ever think that these people learn this through American history about hearing about the Tea Party Act and, you know, and get your guns and give me liberty or give me death. They didn't just get this from nowhere. This is American <laughs> hit that, And that's what I wanted to go back and jump in to what you were saying, uh, Black Pearl, was that it's not just learning what it means to be a good citizen in terms of civics, but what it means to be an American. It's no longer, it, it's, you know, we just say an American, like, oh, like, like a nationality. It's, a, it's supposed to mean something more to say that I'm an American. That means that you have a certain set of ideas and ideals that supposedly put us above and, uh, everybody else. That's why everybody flocks to come here. And yet, we don't teach our own people how valuable of a gift it is to be born here, to have certain inalienable rights. That's because too many of us don't have those rights. And we constantly have those rights infringed upon, but you don't understand that that is happening. So it's hard, it's hard for, I think that it's, it's very hard for a certain segment of our population to truly feel as though they are Americans, you know, not just citizens, but Americans when they're not looked at in that way. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know the answer as to how we get that, we, we make that turn psychologically as a nation we are we are a beautiful nation of a rainbow truly we we are the only nation in the in the world that can say that we basically have someone for almost anywhere in the world sure big facts big facts that should be something that we we I don't I don't understand how we can how we can celebrate that when we literally have this group of people who is trying to like keep everybody out. I understand we need to have limitations, but you can't say that we're a beacon, but then stop for certain people. It, it, it just there's always a contradiction there. And until we figure out how to sync that up, we're always going to continue to have these problems. And then not only that, but once again, we go back to what our initial topic was. You are literally infringing upon the rights of a segment of your population that is directly responsible for continuing to increase said population, and you're refusing to give us the right to say when we want to do that, when we're able to do that. And, the and you're not giving us any assistance towards it. You know, it's interesting because we talked about, you, you brought up a really good point that we're one of the few nations that can legit, legit say that we have had people from every culture on earth immigrate here. And this is true. It would be who, it, it would probably blow a lot of people's mind to know that the very concept of America came from North Africa. As a matter of fact, it was an Egyptian pharaoh by the name of um, Amenhotep. And at a point in time when he was ruling, there was a divide between the priest class and the pharaohship. The pharaohship was more aligned with the people. The priests were hoarding grain and wealth and money and resources while letting the people of Egypt starve, but trying to have them build massive monuments and all that. And Amenhotep got tired of that. He, he, he was one of the first philosophers to ever, on paper, pinned down his desire for a nation that wasn't ruled by theocracy, where people were a nation where science, where goodwill would actually rule. He he thought that was the ideal way for a nation to progress forward. And that's got a that's real forward thinking for almost eight thousand, six thousand years ago when authoritarianism <laughs> was the rule of the day. It's well, black actually, man this. Well that's not surprising because if they his, his 
archaeologists and, and, and historians have found that there was a, an early form of, uh, of, of humans that came out of Africa, like shortly thereafter, maybe a couple thousand years out of Africa, that set up a whole community that there was no president, there was no king, there were no elites, there were no priests. Rich, poor, like everybody lived in the same type of dwelling and everybody ate the same type of food for almost 4,300 years. Wow. <laughs> That's dope. That is dope. You know, it, yeah, it, go, go check it out. It, it, I, I watched it on the History Channel. But, I mean, this, going back to Black Pearl's note, this all ties back to our, you know, goal of everybody being equal, everybody being able to choose who and what they want to do. Because as you mentioned, Wes, this vaccine has drawn people to, you know, literally violence over something that was meant to stop us from dying. We just hit over, just slightly over a million deaths now. And that's embarrassing for a nation that has a strong uh, all the money in our medical system we put into it. That's embarrassing. Absolutely, and we have a and and there we're as you said projected to have another. CDC is saying we're going to have another hundred million infections by the fall and the winter combined. And look at how how badly just taking a vaccine shot tore us apart. And that. It's like, a choice issue, and at the end of the day, what did people, uh, what, what did everybody agree on? It should be the person's choice to take that vaccine. But now you are not allowing a woman to choose what to do with her body. I don't understand how they can't see the two as the same. Here's here's my thing, and I get it. Obviously. It's just now. This is and this is my high person feel about it. Obviously, I come from a Judeo-Christian background, so that has an influence on what I'm about to say. I personally would not want to see the like the first option when it comes to pregnancy. I would not want to see a woman considering uh, cessation of carrying her child. But I also always say, if you realistically want to stop abortions, it's a capitalist country, so everything here is demand-driven. Well. Make make resources and things available for this to be a nation to raise kids, school, man, Well, and it's that simple. Women won't have to feel because that's embarrassment. That's embarrassing in a nation as rich as we are that a woman would want to consider having a killer. Excuse me, I don't want to use strong language like that because that's polarizing. But she might want to consider, you know, like not carrying that baby to term because she feels she may not be able to provide for it. That ought not be the case. What are the wraparound services? Where are at least the um? Where the doctors at? We got shortages on doctors and nurses out here. Like what the but basic stuff. I mean, why 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 are we the wealthiest nation on the planet supposedly? Yet we don't have universal maternity leave. No, I'm not even going to I'm not even going to talk about healthcare right now. I'm not even touching that. Because we know why that's not the case, okay? We know why that's not the case. But I want to know why you can go abroad. And guess what? They are a heck of a lot more family-friendly than we are. When they allow the mothers three to six months, in some places a year, with that child to establish their family and know that they can still go back to work. No, they get paid. They don't just get the leave. No, no, no. I, 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 no, they get paid. That's what I'm saying. You have all of that time to establish your family, to focus on your family, still and collecting it, a paycheck, and, and then you still have a job. Time. And you still have time. a job to go back to. Why? Because it's important to them. Why is it not important here, because you know the fact of the matter is, in this country, families don't mean don't mean squat to to people in power. The money, money and greed is what runs this. This is the bottom line. Money and re- money and greed is what's come to run this nation. And we feel, or people feel, they can be greedy and and money hungry as long as we got thousands of nukes that okay. we can back up 
our arrogance with. And to me, that's really abhorrent and repugnant. And to say that this nation that we, I'm sorry, that we plaster in God, we trust on everything, the money, every every office building in D.C., we plaster in God, we trust. I'm sorry, if I'm God, I come down to earth and I see a nation like that, I ain't gonna want nothing to do with it. You blast, you blast I don't want nothing to do with it. I got problems see. with that. I like you, Wes. I like that statement. <laughs> because that is exactly where I feel. But no, it's the, to, to me, it's the hypocrisy of it. Because one of the things that you just said, greed, I'm sorry, from the Bible that I read, that's a sin. Yet that is something that is upheld as something to aspire to in this country. It's okay to be greedy. No, it's not. When it, it, you, don't mean, it don't mean you got to be poor necessarily either, because the, the fact no, it doesn't. Is, and and it, and I'm and I'm not saying that you shouldn't go out there and be able to make as much money as you as as, as much money as you can. What I am saying though is that it is not something to aspire to to be greedy. If you are to those that receive much, much is. Expensive in return. If you are being blessed, you should be a blessing to others. Period. Guess what? And And if we just all had that mentality, think about how much better this nation would be. Think about how much better this world would be. Do unto others. No, no, but that goes back to that whole concept of (coughs) morality. excuse me, of morality and God that I was telling you all about that they don't equate to. That means living up to the very thing that they've enslaved us with for 400 years. As much as it was the whips and the change, it was also the Bible thumped at us, told us, don't resist. Accept your plight. We lowly beast of the earth. <laughs> the, uh-huh. They have they have used all of these tools to keep us down, and as you said succinctly, Pearl, that you know they are rule the, the the Republican Party, particularly rich white men of the Republican Party, will be ruling by minority, and it reminds me of a line from the from the Matrix. They are guarding all the doors and they are holding all the keys. <laughs> we as the American people, what are we going to do? If we stop the all the levers of government, all the levers of, of economics, what then? Well, I mean, if somebody give me a couple million dollars, I run for president in 2024, we'll solve all of it. <laughs> See, why do you need to have a couple million dollars to run for president? It should oh, be. Mm. See, and that, and that's gonna lead down to a whole another line of questioning. But that is, uh, we have reached the top of the hour here, uh, good peoples. That was a spirited uh, little change we've had here tonight. Indeed, yes, it was indeed. We we need to do this again some more. And with that being said, we do this wonderful podcast every Tuesday. We're getting we're getting better at getting this done now, people. Give us time here. But we're getting better at doing this every Tuesday at around the ten o'clock hour. Catch this Pearl Notes and other uh segments or episodes and shows on the Village Family Podcast Network, if you have an Apple device, where you can catch Three Wise Fools and Untitled Sports Talk. And I'll let my other two hosts uh, leave us with some final words there for the evening. Yes, yes, yes. So this is your girl, Black Pearl. And aside from here at um, Pearl Notes, you can also catch me over at Untitled Sports Talk. Um on, as C-Note just said, the Village Family Podcast Network. Yes, yes, yes. And, um, Hope to see y'all there, too. 
Um, I just want to I appreciate y'all for having me on. And as I've always told Cino, it's a blast when you can sit down with awesome individuals and express beneficial opine that can have a benefit of just a good effect on people out here. And we can stir people to do and be better. And, you know, and there ain't nothing wrong with that out here. Um, for those of you who have never heard me, I hope I get to meet a whole bunch of you who are listening to this podcast in person one day. I am 6FN West. Catch me on Instagram at, at 6FN West. Uh, I am producer, musical clinician, composer, and I guess I'll be an NFT artist before long. I mean, I don't know um, what Elon Musk going to do with Twitter and all that stuff, but that's a whole lot. <laughs> I'm down to come talk about that, but definitely tap in um, and Sire West on Facebook. Um, hit me up. Let's let's definitely connect, man. And I, I, once again, just a pleasure to be with here here in the house on a wonderful evening like this. Hey, man! And now you can add a podcast host on there now too. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, good facts. And with that, our dear listeners, thank you again for coming and listening to Pearl Notes. Catch you next week. Peace. Have a good evening. Indeed.